Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the SK Twins Podcast. And today is very special because this is episode number 25 and I have a very special guest. My good friend and personal trainer and expert in the fitness industry, Mr. Colin Martin. How are you doing, brother? First and foremost is Colin Mablisi. Stage name is Colin Martin, but we don't hit it today about that. <laughs> but we good either way. That's alright. How are you good. doing today anyway, Colin? You alright? Ah, oh, man. Fuck, I'm a, excuse my French. Are we allowed to curse? It's okay. It's my podcast. You can uh, swear if you want, brother. I'm, I'm toasted, man. I'm toasted. I had an evening one the other day. I went to Nando's. I got cussed out the joint. I'm still reading from it because Nando's is one of my favorite restaurants. But we good, man. We good. We good, man. We good. No, that's good. That's good to hear. So today's episode, anyway, we're in the summer months now, 2022. Things are getting a lot warmer outside. Beautiful weather. A lot of things to do. Things have opened right back up after COVID. It's a great time now. But today we just want to talk about uh, something in particular. We want to discuss. We were having a discussion yesterday about um, athleticism. Within combat sports and other sports in general and the type of physiques that athletes have and what kind of um, physique they should have for that particular sport so we were talking about Anthony Joshua's physique for boxing obviously comparative to the American uh, way of training and the physiques American athletes have so uh, we'll just start right there Colin uh, I want you to just take it away and I want you to talk a little bit about that tell me about the difference in training between across the ponds both ways well I, I think uh, the American American training is very well revered in the world but it's very well it's not it's kind of frowned upon in UK because like England are all about their form and they they really like to look after themselves with their training they they're not big into you know spotters and stuff they like to do their stuff and you know there there's a lot of they love a lot of hit programs you see with the new uh, franchises f45 you got West Hampstead's hit gym. You've got unit over there in Holborn and Southwark. So UK really take their time when it when it comes to training versus America. America's a totally different beast. And let's not forget it's America who started this thing off. This beach body kind of thing. If you take back in the day with Baywatch and even before that with Hollywood. It's America who started this thing. And UK predominantly didn't do any of this stuff. The most UK got with celebrities was the the royal family mm -hmm. it, well up into the 90s with uh, what princess diana and her mother and all that oh uh, sorry her, uh, her husband and all that stuff before she died and we talk about the guy the, the well-known rapist what, what is his name who's sorry the well-known rapist uh, uh, jimmy savile jimmy savile i had you know yeah, I, jimmy I, savile. I, I knew jimmy savile was but you know these guys inform me I've, I've known more about him now ever since i doubled down on who he is but like if you if you look at American culture, it's been rife with the fitness industry, especially with the rise of television. And the fitness industry go hand in hand. If you look at um, when in the eighties, when um, I think it, it had something to do with the media, you saw the girls and the guys starting up all these like videotapes of uh, workout videotapes. Um, that essentially was one of the reasons of the fitness industry boom. And in terms of style, there's so many different styles of training. There's bodybuilding, there's fitness. You know, you got the fitness models, you got the strength and conditioning lads who are predominantly in sports. You talk about soccer, you talk about uh, MMA, you talk about boxing, you talk about American football, you talk about basketball. 
You do not get an athlete without strength and conditioning. An athlete who is not conditioned, to me, isn't an athlete. That's just the guy who likes, you know, training um, or playing football in the streets or playing basketball out there. It could be skilled. But if you're not if you're not conditioned as an athlete, you would come up against a, a, a physical phenom. You know what I'm saying? Like that's 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 to me. So what do you mean by that when you say that? Do you mean uh, you have to? Uh, sorry. So does that mean that you have to aesthetically look like an athlete, or do you mean be at, uh, athletic as in? Cause sorry, and your conditioning and all that kind of stuff. That because like, look, Tyson Fury doesn't look like an athlete. You know, I I've have been one of the people who criticized his physique or whatever. But you can't he can't do anything about that. I'm sure he'd love to change it, but that's his genetics. That's probably what his dad was like or his great grandfather's. That's his genetics. Doesn't represent the whole of his race, but his particular line of genetics. Those are his genetics. Now he is a conditioned athlete that he goes through the training. I mean, he goes through a rigorous rigorous training program before every fight and in his off season. As you can see, he's a very skilled boxer very conditioned fighter because I've rarely seen him run out of gas. The few times I've seen him, I've rarely seen him run out of gas. So I would say he's a, a very conditioned fighter. I've seen him post up training videos on YouTube. He doesn't, his training regimen is very different to someone like Anthony Joshua's. I've seen Anthony Joshua's regimen. He, he's he's now starting to incorporate like what, more movement drills in his, in his training or maybe he's been doing that all his career. I've seen that with the, with the, the, the axe, the, the six axes, the cellar tapes in the floor where he does the footwork exercise and he throws his jabs, or you know, whether they're throwing tennis balls at him and he has to try and duck, or you know, whatever you know, his training regimen is. But in his training regimen that I've seen at Anthony Joshua, they do incorporate a lot of power moves, a lot of weight training. Like he could be throwing jabs, but he's not just using tiny dumbbells, he's got a weight and a machine strapped to it while he's throwing those jabs. He is a very powerful young boy, Anthony Joshua, I must say. But Tyson Fury is a well-conditioned athlete. No one should take that away from him. Whereas Anthony Joshua looks like the well, the more conditioned athlete. To me, Anthony Joshua. To me, I don't. I don't think. I. 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 I don't think he's a well-conditioned athlete. Even if he does train, he has the best trainers in the world, the best nutritionist. You know, he's got, he has the best guys around him to get the best of him as an athlete. Forget his genetics, that he looks like an absolute specimen. The thing that stands out to me about Anthony Joshua um, is the fact that I've seen him gas out in rounds, especially when the tough gets going. I saw that against Ruiz. He had no answer for him. I saw that against Usyk. Although he lasted he last the full round with him, but he wasn't as sharp as Usyk. To me, like that is something to do with the individual. That has something to do with the individual. That has something to do with your mental strength, how much you can take in the heat of the moment. Or maybe he's, he just doesn't, his body just doesn't like that much intensity. Yep. You know, they're, they're, you know, every kettle of fish is different. Every human being has their own specific strengths and DNA for me. Tyson Fury might not look like a warrior, but he moves like a warrior. He jabs like a warrior. He fights like a warrior. He has that warrior assassin mentality. So, so basically, the type of athlete, a type of shape you're going to be in, or the type of aesthetic looking like shape you're going to be in, depends on the sport, and depends on. Okay, I know what you're talking about, but like, I'll give you Wayne Rooney as example. Doesn't look like a doesn't look like an athlete. Looks quite overweight to be honest. Well, naturally big boned and chubby, but he is energy. He is an energizer bunny, and he has the heart to go with it as well. Yeah. So it's not always about your genetics. You can have the best trainers in the world, and you still will look up. Sometimes, and then you see some skinny lad from Africa or something 
He's never lifted weights. Oh, he does the minimal weight training, but he looks like he's in the best shape of his life. That's just down to genetics. That's and he he probably is an engine energizer. But you look at guys like Angulo Conte, but like. It, it, I, I know you're talking about stylistically how bodies change with regards to sports. Mm-hmm. Like you can look at a guy from a fight and say, oh, he's an MMA fighter or he's a boxer or he's a football player or he's a basketball. First of all, foremost, you definitely know what basketball <laughs> looks like. <laughs> not, not just about the muscles. You just talk about the length, the length of the human being, the wingspan of the human being. But the, a footballers look, have their own little look. I mean, like everyone within that set group has their idiosyncrasies as you know not one per body looks the same but like footballers will have their own look they're very slim mm-hmm. type of bodies due to the big uh, calf yeah. muscles and stuff like that no no not everyone big has not, not everyone would have big calf muscles uh, as a footballer but of any of any race it depends on the individual's dna but as football players and you know are carrying you know uh, doing a lot of running and repetition it, it doesn't it doesn't entertain growing huge muscles more as you know tight lean muscles but some of these football players like I, I had to learn this from my little brother for myself because like before that like I said I'd given him the training that I thought was necessary for him growing up so he can have an advantage over little kids playing football so when he was the age of three or four we had a chin-up bar that me and my brother would use all the time. We got him chinning, doing chins at a very young age. And this is how we knew about genetics from a very young age. Because we had our brother, another brother, who was like two years older than him, doing the same thing. But he struggled doing it. He struggled doing it. But you can tell from his energy, though. And we didn't know it manifest in physical training. He struggled doing it. And that, that you can see from the way he was struggling that his shape has taken place. Mm-hmm. His style of football has taken place yeah. already. His personality, like he doesn't have that. Like my younger brother is now about six three, six four, broad shoulders, very strong, tight muscles, tight core, nice wide back, tight glutes. Doesn't have. I mean, it's like a footballer's arms. It, it's not as big as my arms. They're tight arms. You understand what I'm saying? The, the forearms would be a lot bigger than the, you know, the tries and the biceps, and then very strong wide shoulders. So you could tell that was the shape that was, he was going to have from a very young age. Because when he was doing those chins, he was happy doing that and he was very strong at doing it. Whereas my, uh, my other younger brother, he was not quite as strong at doing it, you know what I'm saying? He took a different took a different body shape. And that changed, that, that trajectory actually changed the way he plays football. He's a far more skillful footballer than the other younger brother, where he relies on his physical um, prowess, pace, strength. You know, he still has skill, vision, ball control, passing, shot power and all of that, set pieces. But this other guy is an absolute whiz with the ball. Like he doesn't he doesn't he's fast enough, but he doesn't rely on his pace or strength. He he very rarely gets play uh, lets players get close to him. Like, you know, he's always one step ahead of players. Those kind of players, you know, Guardiola would love this kind of player. Mm-hmm. He was the, you know what? When he came to England, they put him in a deep line uh, midfield position, but he was more of a, an attacking midfield player. But like watching him play, and I remember that West Ham trial, I was like, "Wow, this kid is so gifted." I wouldn't like to play against him at all, man. I would prefer to play against the other guy because I know what I'm getting. I know he's going to try and beat me for pace. I'm I'm going to get him a physical encounter. I love that kind of stuff. I was well up for it. But when a guy doesn't want to do that and is very skilled, it can be very difficult to get around him because like. All those guys you expect that are 
that are you know weak and and, and that are not as strong as you are, they more to make up for in the physical. I mean, in the, in the skill skill aspect, and also they're not easy to knock off the ball. It's not like just because they don't have that upper body strength, their their legs. My my that his legs were huge, man. Quads, hamstrings, calves, man. Very strong on the ball. And you know those kind of players are hard to deal with. You, you talk about say Zinedine Zidane, he was that kind of player, Ronaldinho. He wasn't overtly fast, but he was incredibly skillful and and very. Yeah, fo- football seems to be a sport. When we, if we go back to the the main topic of the podcast, football seems to be one of the sports absolutely where someone an athlete is too bulky and basically um, a bit stiff because of that. They're not going to fare well. Because their their agility is not really there. They're not easy to move around or, or you know to no, jump and head out and oh, no, no, drop no, the no, shoulders no, 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 no. and all that kind of no, stuff. Players, running. Players, yeah, I I disagree with that. I disagree. The football. Right, tell me that. one massive because football player. Tell me one. Romelu Lukaku. He's not that. He's not no. muscly. That muscly. He's just. But he's heavy. He's heavy. But yeah, no, like, I'm saying bodybuilder type. Tell me no, one. There is no, none. That's, that's the con- that's the pre- preconception. There is no player who is a bodybuilding type physique in football. Because I, I believe the, the amount of running you do will strip that away from you immediately. Yeah. Will strip that. But we have a lot of big boys in football. Most most recently, we've got Erling Haaland moving to Manchester City. People realise very quick from watching this guy week in, week out, how strong this boy is. Not just strong, fast, mate. And he's equally technically gifted. So if you give him half a chance, it's not like he needs like five shots to get going. Mm-hmm. One chance, one goal. And, you know, it's probably something Manchester City need because, like, yo... How many football players out there are that big with that skill set? That means he can play football and be hugely menacing. I, I, I did think of one. The last player that played for Man City that had that skill set was Yaya Torre. Right. But I've thought of someone who actually did was big and he was all right for a while was Hulk who played for Porto. No, he was quite big. But I, I, again, I he didn't last long. I don't, I don't think he was quite big because that, that to me, he still that's just his genetics. You got guys like Jordan Shaqiri. Liverpool as well. I don't know if you heard of him, Swiss footballer. Like his neck, his he looked like he had a boxer's neck. He was so big and thick. Mm-hmm. But that's just his genetics. Like Kunaguero as well, the Argentinian striker was very. I mean, he wore the same jersey as everyone in the team, and his jersey was like this all the time. He got big arms and big legs and big everything. But that's just his genetics. He was a little bit stiff. He wasn't as agile as the other players. Cristiano Ronaldo. As the years went on, started to add more lean muscle. I would call it lean muscle into his body. Still Which what would you stiff. think of the highest level athletes? Who? In your opinion? I mean, uh, do I give names? No, no. Which sports Have are the, the best elite. athletes, the most I elite? Say, I would say basketball in terms of fitness. I completely disagree with you because they're weak. Those no, boys. No, no. I, I mean, a rugby you, players would would dismantle no, them. That's not. That's not what I'm talking. I'm talking about fitness. That, you could make the assumption as well in American football, right? You can make the assumption, but you have to look at it. Because when I was doing my PT course, it made me realize. Because there's in American football, you play in a, one of the longest pitches in the world, right? And in, the, in that time frame, there's a lot of stop stoppages. Not just for halftime team talk or timeout or whatever. But like when you're going for the scrum or you know, whatever you call it. And all that kind of stuff. There's a lot of stoppages. Basketball. Apart from timeouts, you have this court that is half the size. Half the size. And these guys are very tall, big human beings that have to handle their body. Are up and down. 
fast pace. You, I, I don't know if you guys have ever done like a, a bleep, a bleep test. Yeah. Like that. It's not a marathon where you can just stop. Like if you're running past the whole field one time and you can stop and take your breath for about 20 minutes. This is nonstop and mm-hmm. the teachers are looking at you. Got you. Blow their whistle. Fitness at the highest level. Fitness for me. All sports. Don't get me wrong, because you spend every single day, most of your life and your your adult life, when you're playing, you know your respective sport. Tennis as well. People underrate the fitness levels of tennis players because it's not that you're going up and down the field. No, the court's about this long, and you just to be maneuvering, hit the same ball, maneuvering. People don't get how tiring that is. People. Don't so get I how disagree with both of those. Ah, you know it's more more athletic than both of those, and more stamina required is boxing. Okay, boxing is one of the... 36 boxing, minutes, no, you have to fight I'm not, continuously. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not knocking boxing off. But, like, for me, boxing is... It's... You use you use less of your body doing boxing. And even in tennis. And, so. and even tennis. Because in basketball, these legs, arms, you have to jump, contest the ball, and then you have to deal with physical contact. Boxing is yep. a very high-maintenance sport because, you know, it's up and down, and you have to keep... Your arms have to be fit. You know what I mean? Like... You, and then we could go a level up from there too. We can do kickboxing and then I mean, MMA. You have to, you have to be trained. But, but to me, like, there's nothing more, nothing more testing as an athlete than basketball. Can well, you? I think MMA. Look no, at MMA. I, you have I, to be able to I grapple, disagree. go off your back. You need to be able to strike. I disagree. Well, anybody, anybody with two eyes can see that. That's no, much harder to do. I'm not saying this is. I mean, like, uh, so the, no. So when I say harder, I mean thus the athletes are more superior. No, because they have to be able to fight. No. If, they were, if they were more superior, they'd be paid more than basketball. No, no, no it's they'd not to do with money. It's not no, it has, money. it has. You have to look at it in the whole spectrum of the thing. Because I don't. Okay. I'm not saying there are. Su- I don't. Believe, we could look at a spectrum if you want. I don't. I don't believe. I don't believe there's a superior athlete or whatever. No, no. We could look at a perspective, like you just said, right? My, okay. My NBA, hundred year old sport. <laughs> MMA, twenty eight years old. So yeah, obviously me, they're not going to play this. To me, there's never going to be a time where. And it was a MMA fighters who get paid as much as NBA stars, football players, or boxing. all right. But we're not talking about money, remember? We're talking about who is a more supreme athlete. Because I'll also slot rugby in there. They're more elite than NBA guys. No, no. that's because most of the sports you're talking about, most of it to me is about will. I can go in. I can go into um, is basketball not about will. It is about will, but there's a huge amount of skill that's involved. I'm not saying there's no skill involved in in. Uh, MMA, but I've I've done all these sports. For me, no, no, I find no, no, it more no. hard. We're not it. talking about skill at all. We're just talking about being a superior. I'm not talking about skill level. I know what you mean about athlete, but to me, you can be a natural at many sports. I mean, like to be a natural at a, at a game like basketball, to be able to jump that high, to get that dunk, to be. I mean, like, so. I mean, it, it it's got so bad that like it's probably one of the only sports that you say, oh man, you need a specific height to be in this sport. To me. I, I respect their athleticism, athleticism and doing PT only made me realize this some more. I'm not knocking, what's the MMA, I'm not knocking football players, rugby players or whatever. Oh, you can give your opinion, it's fine. I've played rugby before. I've played rugby before. I preferred football to rugby. Most people were, I mean, I used to get heckled by guys in my class saying, man, you should play for the rugby team. You, you've got muscles, man. You're strong, you're fast. Why don't you play for rugby team? <laughs> it's not as glamorous as football, man. I, did, I wasn't seeing... You know what, like, you get the ball and you leg it, man, and if anyone fuck, if anyone tries to take you down, oh, man, let them have it, like, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But, I mean, I just respected, I respected the craftsmanship of soccer. 
I respected it. People actually underrate this stuff, man. The body faints, the off-the-ball movements, you know what I'm saying? Stay 10, ten seconds ahead of, the, ahead of the opponents and stuff, man. The cohesion as a team. You know, people actually underestimate this. That's, I mean, like, that's me. I mean, I would never knock rugby because maybe I didn't give my effort and heart to it. But, like, you can't knock it because, like, at the same token, people are, I'm saying this about football. That's the same about rugby because I have to respect the craftsmanship of, say, NFL. Yep. Whereas the athletes in that are phenomenal. You've got guys running, like, 100 miles per hour. And then right before their tackle, they do a front flip. To get above that guy Or they jump incredibly high I, That's why I have to respect American athletes I respect British athletes But I have to really Really give it up to the Americans man Because what they The kinds of training they put their athletes through In America Is something out of this world I, I, I will always say that I will always say that Like I mean um, They really gear their games Their sports to the most elite Forget baseball or whatever that's still a great sport, as is cricket. But I'm talking about American football. I'm talking about basketball, man. I, I mean, like, the, the level of athleticism on those guys. I mean, if it wasn't for them, and I, I, where did MMA start? What, which which country did they start mixing everything up? So MMA, like, obviously, before the UFC started in 1993, MMA was done all over the world. Uh, like, they mixed up the whole... Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was uh, done in Japan. It was done in Brazil. It was called Valley Tudo, where they just mix everything together. And in fact, so this kind of stuff was going on uh, before they came to America and done that event. So, yeah. yeah. Kudos to whoever thought about doing that. Like, you know what I mean? The clash of styles and whatever. Well, the first person to really push that uh, concept was Bruce Lee. Really? Of mixing styles together. And people were doing it, but it wasn't as widespread and acknowledged as today as a way of training. So now, obviously... MMA gyms completely incorporate every aspect from Muay Thai to kickboxing to boxing to wrestling to jiu-jitsu. Yeah. So that's the thing. Back in the day, obviously, it was style versus style. Karate guy would fight a boxer. Boxer would fight a kickboxer and so on and so forth. So the sport, uh, combat sports has evolved so much. We even have bare-knuckle fighting now, you know, which I don't really, I'm not a massive fan of it, but I mean, but hey. Like, back to what we were talking about yesterday, like, with a guy like Anthony Joshua, if you put him in the basketball court, people actually don't realise how bad he would be. Yeah, he's not streamlined enough. Deontay Wilder would be a better basketball player than him. Well, he probably knows the game a lot more. Forget him, man. But I'm just, I'm just picking up a guy like Anthony Joshua. Yeah, yeah. Like, people say he's a superior athlete because of his physique. And uh-huh. his, in his respective, respective sport, God willing, but... He'd have to go through a whole different regimen of training to be qualified as a basketballer. And first thing I'd ask him before he even try to be a basketballer, how's your jumper? Uh-huh. Let, me, let me see you jump, bro. Let me see you jump. Because, like, bas- I mean, boxing, you know what I'm saying? It's all your arms. I mean, your legs. You know, body fits and all that. But basketball is like, it's not. Even football, he would struggle in football. First of all, it's too damn big. The muscles, man. Because you got these streamlined, you know, skinny, athletic, flexible guys running rings around him, and he's like, "Wait a minute, trying to get them." It's not going to be like Incredible Hulk, where no. he matches them, but with power. That's not going to happen. That's not how it works. <laughs> That's not how it works. So in each respective craft, like I would say, if a basketballer went into boxing, he get knocked out. 
he's well he's not conditioned for that sport because he's more conditioned to using all his body. But what I mean, the, the, the discipline is this: can you stay in one place and can you move your arm like that repeatedly? I doubt. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Uh, so you have to respect each respective sport. You have to respect each respective yeah. sport. To me, I can't really. I mean, we talk about the guy who was a basketball player, Gamata by. I don't know who got knocked out, but uh, Nate Robinson was for, uh, for, uh, right. He went into boxing and and got knocked out. So I mean, people would have looked at it as, oh, he's six what six five man. He's gonna put in work. He's got the reach advantage. He probably doesn't even know how to box. You understand what I'm saying? So like, people need to respect. He clearly stepped into that fight with no training. You could tell. People need to respect different crafts. You know what I'm saying? You can't just disrespect it like that. It'd be like me going into a comedy club without knowing what I'm doing. It's like on the outside, it look it looks simple. When you go in, you go, you go know because you go, you're gonna have killers there do that be doing that thing all their life, and they let you know what's up. You know what I'm saying? So that's that's just the way it is, man. You you gotta respect different different crafts. But like, I, I like to talk, I like to talk more about you know the about what's going on in the sport world. I mean, like we look at what do you think about the transfer of Erling Holland to Manchester City? I mean, I think it's a massive signing because as we discussed the following weeks in the Champions League and watching them in the league, they're missing that top uh, number nine, like that strike, that key striker. How much of a difference would he have made against Real Madrid? Oh, huge difference, huge difference. Because they just don't have that physicality. They don't have that big guy up front who's who's also able to create plays and finish. You know what? He won't be able to... He doesn't do... I mean, I want to see how he evolves as a player because he's 21, but to me... To me, it's been glad. I've been saying this for a while. People say, oh, Manchester City are just like, I was like, man, they have no bloody striker up there, man. I've been saying this since a long time. They put Kevin De Bruyne up there. It's good, you know, against crappy teams. He scored four, four goals. What did he do against Real Madrid? That was the one game you asked Kevin De Bruyne in your whole Manchester City career. Nothing else matters. Now is the time to stake your claim as one of the... You want to match the best footballers of all time. The post goals. Zinedine Zidane's. Chavis, Iniesta's, Modric, they've dragged their teams to big trophies. Yep. World Cups, yep. World Cups, Euros, mm-hmm. uh, Champions Leagues. That was the time for him to do that and he couldn't do it. He just couldn't do it. And part of that to blame is Guardiola. He didn't give him the tools to do it. He had no focal point in front of him. He had Gabriel Jesus. But, I mean, it just wasn't enough for me. When I look at Guardiola's team ever since he left Messi and Chavi, that rosy situation in Barcelona, Every time he's came to that nearly moment in the Champions League, absolutely short. Yeah, like, he doesn't want to say it, but I'm gonna go ahead and say that shit, man. You need Messi, you need Xavi to play that game, man. He just needs those kind of football players, and unfortunately for him, they're few and far between. Haaland is a hundred times a million miles away from that. That's that's the asterisk there because he's had. Strikers like that in Ibrahimovic, Samuel Eto'o, Thierry Henry, and discarded each and every one of them. Do you know why? Because they were six foot four and they they just didn't suit what he the brand of football he wanted. I don't know what this motherfucker wants. Cause man, if this doesn't work out, if they don't win the Champions League next season, with Real Madrid just about to announce King and Mbappe signing, Tony Rudiger. And I don't know who else they have concocted up. Possibly Paul Pogba on the free. That's probably the best coup in, uh, in in transfer hit. You know, Real Madrid would be scary next year, man. If I was killing Mbappe, I'm still staying at PSG. Mm-hmm. 
when I have Lionel Messi, who's just the same age as Benzema, if I have Neymar, and I know the spending power that Sheikh Mansour of PSG has, I'm not budging. Because I'm looking at players being available like Paul Pogba. I'm not, I, I, we, if I was him, I would actually wait till the champ, after the Champions League. Because like, Liverpool might lose. If Real Madrid win, okay, fair enough. Jump ship. Jump ship. Or stay at PSG. What if Real Madrid loses? Why are you going there again? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, that, that to me is a big asterisk. Because if I'm him and Real Madrid lose, I'm not satisfied with that. Because that's, that's what I bought into, that winning mentality. People have to realize it's not Real Madrid of three years ago when they had Benzema, Gareth Bale, uh, Cristiano Ronaldo, Luke, a young Luka Modric, a young Tony Cruz. Those guys are getting old. They have to replace those guys. I wouldn't want to be a part of that. I mean, to me, I think they're just lucky. And Benzema, how many more years at the top does he have left? How many more years? How many more? For me, man, if I was even Benzema, I'd be looking at it. If, if they weren't in the Champions League final, I'm going back to Paris, man. That's why I'm, I'm hugely critical of killing Mbappe leaving Paris. That type of lifestyle they've cultivated, they've sold people, the Jordan brand. They're the only football team in, in the world that uses the Jordan brand. They have the most iconic player in world football in Lionel Messi. They've got one of the icons of the game in Neymar. And you're another icon in Kylian Mbappe. Who can you not attract to that project? They were going to replace uh, Mauricio Pochettino for Zinedine Zidane. And he won the, the treble with the Champions League three years in a row. So for me, to me, that's the toughest decision. And it, it's a pity it falls to 23-year-olds. I'm still not going around Madrid. Yeah, I'm still not. I'm sorry. There's nothing Madrid are giving me that I don't have a PSG, apart from wearing a famous white shirt. Yeah, no, that's true. It's true. Football's a funny game. It really is. But I do, I do admire a lot of football players and the athleticism it takes, you know, to get into football. But yeah, I just want to ask you. So as we segue into our next part, just want to ask you a little bit about yourself. So how did you get involved with fitness? Uh, and let's just start from the beginning. What got you involved with sports? What? Sports, I've all, uh, you know, my dad kind of ingrained that into me, man. It was my first, it was my first love. I mean, like, as kids, you love cartoons, man. You love playing games. You love music. You love film. But the first time I, I knew I was, I, I mean, like, I've had snippets of it. I watched the Evander Holyfield um, Tyson fights growing up. I watched that. You know, he bit his ear. I watched that. One of the most, I mean, I've, I've watched some of the Jordan series growing up. So I watched that. But the first thing that stuck up to me was that Brazilian gold jersey. That's what got me into sports, man. To me, watching the World Cup 2002, that was my first... I recollected everything. You know what? From you know, from the first game to the last, I still remember it very well in Nigeria. That's what my dad... You know what? During that World Cup, he, he gave me that same cut Ronaldo had. He cut everything skin and just left the top. Because he had that little V thing going on here. Oh, Raudo, yeah, back in the I day. I had that cut, man. So I either had a chip on my shoulder about how, how I was going to treat football. My dad then bought a football. And we had a gated compound, a nice big compound. And we had, like, dogs in a massive kennel. But from from the get-go, I always had rhythm when I was playing. You know, when the ball dropped, like, my dad just threw the ball on the floor. And I started running with the ball. I felt like a force when I was doing it. Like, it was natural to me. Yeah. I didn't have to force anything. Like, 
and there was no question about it you know it just became second nature to me like I, I fell in love with football you know sports particularly football from then on and my my belief my belief just it, it just grew because my competitive spirit would not like I wasn't the most I, I would I would say I was tactically gifted because I could hit a ball I could pass I had good first touch but I wasn't like I, I, I wasn't one of those players that were overly extravagant like I'd like to do step overs and stuff if I wanted to if I wanted to be I was a lot faster than I am now because I, I didn't have this the muscles and all that like if I wanted to deal with you in a football pitch I would run at you with mm-hmm. power and pace and I would beat you and I would score I was very direct about you type of players that I would reckon did you play like, in Nigeria if any teams no I was like Dude, I was like, I only started playing football then, and we left for Europe. Like, but my 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 play style, I recommend was like uh, Thierry Henry, uh, 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 Gareth Bale. You know, I didn't like Thierry Henry, but you know, guys growing up to me were thinking to myself like, why did you score Arsenal? Like, <laughs> you look like him, and you go, you play like him. Like, I don't like. I, my favorite player growing up was Ruben Van Nistelrooy. I'm wrong. Right. That was it, man. Colorblind as a motherfucker. <laughs> Well, I hated Thierry Henry. I hated Robert Perez. I hated Patrick Vieira. I hated Arsene Wenger, especially. I was pro Man United. It was the first football team that popped up in FIFA 2002. I didn't look back from then. I hated England, ironically, because of Brazil. I hated France because of Zidane, because I just couldn't stand Real Madrid. I hated everything about Real Madrid. Still, I mean, I, I changed my mind when Cristiano went over there, you know. After what Barcelona did to Man United in the final, I didn't change my mind. But like my belief grew in football when I was in Ireland. I didn't play at all in England because we rarely left the house. We got we got a nice house in Middlesex when we first came to England, and one of the first days we were here it was snowing like crazy. I was always I was like, man, white people there. Oh my god, there's, there's so many of them. You know what I'm saying? I have to go touch them to see. Man, they, they, man, they just like you, man. But you know, I didn't play football till I was. I, we got back in Ireland, man. And to me, I like I always had that confidence when I was playing for that competitive spirit, that will to play, and play with a smile on my face, man. I just loved it, man. I was an all rounder because I could attack, but people underestimate my game in defense and midfield. Like I was an all rounder. Like I remember growing up, uh, my first team, I was a striker. I scored so many goals. I mean, I was so good that I I, I only ever played for the older ages. And when I was playing for the older ages, because I was the youngest one in the team and one of the other teams. Uh, didn't have their players. They go. They one time they did this to me, right? They go sent me to play for the other team. I was pissed off about it because my brother was in the same team as me, and I wanted. It. I always go and play against because I like he was a good player. He was a defender. But I was like, I'm, I'm better than you, dog. <laughs> I sauced you a couple of times, and, you know. Like you know those times when you're playing in the park and you beat somebody, you're like, oh. <laughs> I was like, okay, man, I got something. Well, playing that match, I never forget it, man. Like. The ball drops at the edge of the box. I play one two with one guy, and there's a four banks of defenders right in front of me. My brother's like, he showed me, he showed me to my weak, to the other side. But I'm sure he knew that was poor defending in his part because he knows me well enough. My right foot's like a rocket when I get it going, man. So what happened was he showed me to my right foot. He was just about because he's a very good defender. Like he's marking me tight. He's just about to stick his leg in and nick that ball. But I was fast enough to just. Shifted extra to my right and I smacked it, man. It went straight to the top corner, man. I was celebrating with the opposite team and that's like, what are you doing, man? And your actual team is yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the second goal came in the second half where the wind was, I think the wind was with us or against us, but like it was way up. Like 
25, 30 yards out. Like, you know what I mean? I got the ball. There's no one around me. Defenders, you know, we sauced it out. I just took the ball. I shot the ball because the wind was moving crazy. And the ball swerved so fast away from the keeper. I went to, it was along the ground. But I went to the little ball called a sweet strike, man. Just a little run up. Punched the air, man. Well, it was it was great after the match. I was like, I told you so, man. To this day, he tries to. Anytime I bring it up, I know you see those wife things. I said, like, look, man, don't listen to whatever this cat says about football. I sauced his ass. I would tell his kids that, man. We're playing a, f- a bloody match. There's a referee involved, and your younger brother's. Can I ask something? Me, Why did they put you on the other team? They put me on the other team because I was the youngest player on the team. Uh-huh. And I, for some reason, they thought, you know, I don't know what they were thinking, but. It was a preseason match, actually. But, you know, still competitive. They put me on the other team. And I went to get... From that moment on, I was I was always starting. Because, like, you always had older guys that, you know, they were a lot stronger than me. But skill-wise, they weren't better than and me. They didn't, they didn't have They didn't have the same desire yeah. I had to me. Because one of the first goals I scored was after that. For the, for the first team, it was like... It was a congested corner. Someone hit the cross in the box. They tried to scramble it out. No one could... But the defender was dwelling on the ball. He picked the ball out there and was gonna clear it. But I went straight to him because like I was always competitive. Like that's why I I'll get to this in a second. I always advise my little brother like you need to change style you're playing in England, man. They like a physical football player. So I leaned into the defender. I got him off the ball and I used my left foot to curl it around the keeper. So it was a very good goal, man. You know that just showcases my desire because my brother like the way he's developed his game. Versus when he was in Ireland. In Ireland, he was that, you know, like presence in the football pitch. I like the name Bar- Ibrahimovic, man. You know, sometimes he'd be walking on the ball, and when players try to touch him, he should take his shoulders. And I like that, you know, that's a bit of presence. You know, that buys you space and time in the football pitch. But then, with the extra training he's been getting, like, has nearly, like, he's, he's so evolved in this game now. Like, like, if you see this guy run, like he gets specialized sprint tra- fitness, sprint training, uh, strength coach, and all that kind of. It just it's really watered down his his qualities for me. For me, he for me, if I was playing, I would always want to be a raw football player. I wouldn't want to take on the ideas of someone unless he's an elite coach. I would always want to be a raw football player. For me, pass and move, pass and move. I don't want to dwell too much on the ball. I don't want to, I want, I want my goals. I'm looking for that space. I was like, you need to exploit space. You need to be physical. You need to track back. You need to want it more than your position. It's not about being skillful or doing the most step overs. Forget Cristiano Ronaldo. That's once in a lifetime. You don't want to be any of these fast wingers that does the same thing as the next cat. You need to show desire. So that's, that's me. I mean, like, in any sports I apply myself to, I always try to show desire. That's the first, that's the first hallmark of an athlete. From there, you can show desire to get better in your fitness and everything else. Because I, I, I mean, from any time I play sports, I always try to apply myself physically, mentally, and the rest follows. Because I always see guys who are probably more skilled than me, man. Mm-hmm. Probably more skilled than me. But they don't show the same heart and desire. Or, you know what I'm saying? And that, that cuts into the fitness, man. That cuts into the fitness. I'm sure it's the same way in MMA where you look at all these rounds, all these fighters. Clearly, there's this more skilled fighter on show, has more tools in his box, but doesn't have that same bite, that same desire, yeah. that same want. Nine times out of ten, that guy, that guy, with, without the desire and all that, he loses, man. 
that for me is the same thing in any sports. That's what makes the championship. Yeah, heart, heart, desire, mental who strength. It, who wants it more, man? Who wants it more? People, people. I mean, like I've said, like yeah, I'm, I'm very competitive. Like I've had friends that, like as soon as the as soon as the whistle blows and they punch the ball, I'm. You know what? Do you know how I'm saying hi to them? A two foot tackle. Oh. That's how I that's how I group them in a match. You know, that's that's just the way it is, man. And I'm looking at guys like um well in terms of physique, like what when I when I started out training, when I started out training, this is different from football training. Um actually it was my first fitness coach that changed my playing style. Like he started giving me like gated football training, which actually made me a lot slower, but made me a lot stronger. So I started playing center midfield more. I stopped relying on my pace and started relying more on my technique. Mm-hmm. You know, that made me think about football. I mean, like you know, different sports like Anthony Joshua, the different types of physique. Because I used to ask him, like, okay, I like this guy's physique. Can you take? Can you? Can you give? Can you tailor my workouts? Can you? Because he, that guy, believed in structure. I mean, like sculpting the body. You rarely hear people say. You always hear people say build a strong physique, or but they never talk about sculpting the body. You get me? Sculpting the body. I can give this guy, like, say, I like this guy's physique. Say, Cristiano Ronaldo's physique. Can you make my physique look like that? Yeah. I used to do, I, no, no. Believe me, the kind of workouts he used to give me. I look in the mirror, I'm like, oh, shit. My shoulders are looking at, like, I normally have quite broad shoulders. But there's a way you can make the physique that it will make the, the shoulders look different. Like, if Anthony Joshua's ever complained about the shoulders, it's like, you dad me up, bro. Dad me up. I can change it. I can change the way you look. It's like that. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, people don't understand, like, the miracles, like, workouts do. Like, that's why I always emphasize in training different styles. Because the different style, you look, boxers' body is never the same as MMA guys' body. Never the same as basketball guys' body. That's why you. I always recommend different styles, man. Because, like, you know, this, I mean, sculpting the body, man. I was here and you guys were saying, ah, oh, that guy's definitely a steroid. You know, you never know, man. Because people put themselves in really... No, trust me, I know. Where, where, I know. People put themselves in really dangerous diet. Really dangerous No, but you're getting, you're getting misunderstood diet. there. Just because someone takes steroid doesn't mean they don't work hard. No, no, I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that. But it's not everyone that goes to the gym that looks good takes steroids. A lot of them are. And I never said that. I'm talking about high-level athletes. All of them are on steroids. From my experience growing up in Ireland, I mean, obviously, you've got people who deny it and stuff, but I knew for a fact that some people didn't take steroids. I mean, like, to me, if you're not an athlete, you shouldn't be looking to take steroids anyway. Because athletes, it's more specific. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I don't know about ordinary people. I don't, I don't pay attention to that. But all, what I'm talking about is in the sporting world, it is filled with people that take steroids and it's a widely known thing uh, like see if you're in a sport like for example i can speak for uh, with more confidence in the sport of mma kickboxing professional boxing because i'm in that sport so i know professional teams coaches i'm a part of the community right and it's well known within the community that everybody's on steroids so steroids were invented for sport yeah they were invented for sports that's what I'm saying. Like, I, you know what? I'm yeah. not gonna. I'm not gonna knock anyone taking that for sports. You know, but no, if they guys, it was made for professional sports. I'm not gonna knock anyone doing that for sports. But if you're a casual gym goer or just someone who likes looking good and you have the results of taking steroids, you put your hands, you put the life of your hands 
it's someone in a, in a drug, really, for me. I just think it's an unnatural way of going about things. People need to exercise what they call patience. It only became available in the streets in the 80s. Mm. Yeah, it wasn't always readily available for public, yeah. Since the 1930s it's been used. For sports. For militaries, for sports. Because we look at sports like cycling. So Lance Armstrong very famously got caught for steroids. But then later they found out with further investigations that actually the top 25 racers were actually all on steroids. And more closer, better than that, the Russian Olympic Committee was guilty of letting their athletes use steroids throughout the 60s, 70s, 80s. Yeah. Really? Guilty. But the, the truth is, they're just getting outed for it. And the truth the is, everybody's on it. Both, the US and Russia yeah. are outed for that. Wow. Because yeah. in America, you have some crazy level athletes. Like these NFL guys and NBA right. guys, they're 300, right. 200 pounds, right. massive muscles, six right. foot nine. Right. Right. They, are, right. they are eating steroids for breakfast, these boys. Now, you know what? I'm not going to knock you on that one because like I said those, especially the NFL guys, they're freak athletes. Man. You, got, you, got guys you can't up. naturally be like that. You have to be you taking growth hormones and steroids. Running at you 100 miles per hour, no, no sign of slowing down and then he does a backflip to get away from you. That, yeah, that's yeah. the kind of stuff that you just... <laughs> I was like, nope, nope, nope. <laughs> that's like Universal Soldier stuff. You know what I mean? Like every one of them is like just uh, an absolute machine and they're like 10 foot tall. It makes no sense. So... Obviously, I know that I know some of them are tall because they're tall. I know in America you get tall people, yeah. but just they're just Select, a human being it, being that big. Selective breeding. Well, obviously, there's more that goes into that with history. Obviously, with uh, what happened with the with the forced breeding and stuff like that during the slave trade and things it's like not that. Just, it's not just blacks. But you've got whites that are like that. Yeah, it? yeah, I know. So, I mean, you're going to have to ask, what, I mean, like... Well, that's white athletes mixing in with probably black uh, genetics down the line, their family tree. I, but I've got, you've got guys as white as that guy right there who are still six foot nine, powerful. Maybe his great-great-granddad mixed in with blacks. I, I you know what? It doesn't just have to be black. Maybe it's Native Indian blood. Maybe yeah. Mm. Native Indians are screwed up. No, I, but I don't understand because like, if you're in England, right, mm. because I feel like I don't get why English people would be would be proud to to say, oh, but, uh, we basketball is not an English sport. Are you, are you crazy? Imagine England joined. I, you know, I know they have their own league, the National Basketball League, mm-hmm. right? But imagine if they gave that the same relevance as the Spanish Basketball Confederation to compete with the NBA. They would actually they would actually take a few players off the NBA. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure they would because it's it's. it's a, I don't. I'm not sure they would. Because there's so much money involved in the NBA and it's living in the United States of America. There's a stigma against basketball and American sports. Here. It can never be like the way football and that is. What? I don't know. I just that's no, because football. it's 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 for the special. It's not nothing to do with the fact that what's better sport and what's more entertaining. It's see American culture. It's very hard to bring that here and it's very hard to bring British culture over there. Yeah. Because they're both very proud of what they do. Now I, mean, I, I understand more America, cause, but they do, ex, you know, they embrace, the food, they embrace football. The but fashion, I, the music. for me, for me, for me, um, England, England will always be a sour pickle. To be honest, yeah. it always be a sour because, like, to be honest, I think America could do a lot more because they do take their game to countries like Spain and France and Greece. You know what I'm saying? You do they've, they've, you've got it's but, basically Britain, but better. Yeah, but you've got like famous French players, French-speaking players. You've got. Greek players, Eastern European players, Spanish players, Paul Gasol, Mark Gasol, and a few more. So, 
I'm still waiting on the English counterpart, to be honest, because like I never see NBA taking tours. In That's a good point because America's embraced football, soccer, like yeah. in their That's country, they've got a female team and a and a national league and everything. But these guys don't. Yeah, that, that's true. Like they don't really. They, they, I think it's a bit of pompous. Like it's a bit of arrogance, basically. It's, it's where a, they gotta, see they don't. They don't need to be arrogant about it. It's like you, <laughs> they don't need to be arrogant about it because like I think it could be a bit of racism because the guy that started basketball was a Jewish guy, was it not? I don't know. And it was a, he, he was I don't a, know the exact. He was history. like a social worker kind of guy. He's working with young guys, and he developed a game to keep them occupied and not lose their temper. There's a game. He made up some rules quickly that you have to dribble the ball. And that's how it started. If you look it up, the sport started like that. And I think it could well, be a bit of because a lot in those days there was a lot of anti-Semitism towards Jews. So basketball took a long time to kick off in America. Properly kick off, Listen, yeah. I can testify for you. There's a lot of British people who watch, but I'm not sure about Scottish. Have you noticed else. an American Jews love basketball? Have you noticed that? Because they have a rich. I I history. couldn't tell you, man. They all look they all look the same to me. <laughs> what the Jews? I'm not hearing. The, yeah, they look the same to me, man. I was like, so I'm like, I couldn't tell you who, who's who, who, what's what. So that's why I never understood the hate against Jews. That to me is self hate. But yeah, we don't want to. We don't want to dive on to different topics. Point but yeah, just 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 to finish off, this that's has been hate. this has that's been brilliant. Hate. It's been a great uh, podcast. I've I've learned a lot. It's been great to hear your story, Colin. But just I want to finish off. Uh, just lastly, I want to finish off with moving forward in the future. How do you see training and supplements within training evolve? In any oh. sport, this is just a broad question. No, it is. It's always, it's always evolving. It's always evolving. To me, like when I look at a place, but I'm like, asking you, how? Where do you see it going? What direction? How will I it mean, evolve? Like, I mean, like I'm just getting into it. Like, yeah. so, like training has changed very much from when I started training. Mm-hmm. Before, like when I started training in the gym, you had to pay. You had guys and tills. It was all, it was all machines everywhere, mm-hmm. and it was loaded with bodybuilders. Yep. And then you had your guys doing strength and conditioning. It's mm-hmm. changed a lot. First and foremost, there are more women in training. There's more train. There's more variations of training. Pilates. More guys use Pilates now. Even in the football, guys. Even in, I know for a fact in the football world, like there's more yoga involved. There's more. There's more less. There's less weight equipment involved. People are using even if they're using weight, these kettlebells more than dumbbells now. People are using less weight machines. They're, they're like there's. In America, this is why I think American sports is far more advanced in a technical, like, physical training standpoint. Yep. There are equipments they use there that haven't made it to the UK. Do you understand what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. They're like, that far ahead, like, like, basically. There's, there's, I, there's one time I saw LeBron, he was actually marketing this this thing that him and Arnold Schwarzenegger were marketing, whatever, like a training app. But LeBron was using this kind of, like, clouded foam kind of device that they, obviously there's air inside it that you could balance on it one, you know if you stood on it you'd be shaking on it but like obviously you see that kind of equipment here where like you've got the Swiss ball you've got um, the half board and all that stuff but this was a totally different concept actually it wasn't someone brought it into the UK but they were only using it for um, classes weightless classes yeah like, you could train on it, do push-ups on it, do yoga on it, and stuff like that. And it really trains your core and gives you that core strength. But so, looking at someone like LeBron, James, extremely strong. Probably the strongest basketball player, if you're excluding Shaq, because Shaq is humongous. Yeah. But, like, he's extremely athletic, and he's huge. He wasn't using, he was using, like, five-kilo dumbbells, and he was balancing on that. And trust me, 
Trust me, you do not want to play basketball against because if he starts throwing his weight around the place, everyone's like, whoa. Because, like, that to me is where training, at least, I would like, I'm, I'm, we're going to see more training like that. Okay. The, you know, the, the longevity. You're yep. going to see more players, like you were actually pointing, alluding to this, but in a different way. You're going to see more players being able to play into later years. Don't be surprised you see them touching their 40s and stuff. Look at Cristiano Ronaldo. He's nearly 40 himself, yeah. But he has lost pace. Absolutely. And a lot to do with players that get that old if, they st- if they've been used to winning all their career. And, you know, the team isn't as good as they were. They start losing motivation, as we've seen with Cristiano Ronaldo. He let Bruno Fernandes take a penalty against Arsenal. He could have taken that penalty and leveled the game. You understand what I'm saying? That's true. That's a, that's a mental weakness for me. Yeah. A lot of, you know, United should be in the Champions League. And people say, oh, he scored 21 goals for us. He could have scored more. You understand what I'm saying? I hope Cristiano Ronaldo's looking at it that way. Yeah. No, that's the interesting. Day, the day he starts resting on his laurels. You know what I'm saying? So it's the, the, the training fundamentals will get a lot crisper, a lot sharper. But, mm-hmm. you know, as long as people have their mental faculties there, it can always go either way, it's for me. Obviously. Yeah, no, that's great. That's great. So just to finish off, uh, where can people find you and follow you? Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. People can find me on Instagram. You know, you can type in no no capitals, Colin underscore Nabuizi on Instagram, and um, and you can find me with the same name on Twitter. I never post on Twitter, by the way, but that is about to change. I got a lot of opinions. I like to give out. You know, uh, shout out to um, Cami and uh, Sani, man. Y'all be good to me, man. But I, you know, what I'm saying I, I love sports so dear to me. You know, I, I always try to open myself up to new new experiences, man. Like. Um, like basketball, for instance. I always like basketball, but I never gave it that 100% concentration to see what these guys are about. I've, I've been telling you, I've been following the playoffs this year more than ever. I've all, you know, for the last five years, I've been following playoffs, but, you know, I never really tuned into all the games from start to finish. And I'm telling you, man, it is popping, man. These guys got it going on. The games are, it has it all in the game. You've got goals, you've got controversies. Bad referee calls is exactly what you need for entertainment. And I'll be looking forward to that finals. And people always say, you've got Miami Heat, Boston Celtics in the Eastern Conference Finals. You've got Golden State Warriors against the Dallas Mavericks in the Western Conference Finals. Either way, someone's going to be a legend. And I feel like Stephen Curry can, can really isolate himself as one of the greatest players to ever touch a basketball. If they win, if they win the, uh, the Lombardi Trophy. If they win. Mm-hmm. Anyway, folks. But yeah, no, but thank you for that. It's been brilliant. Cheers, Colin. And this end of the episode, um, this was episode number 25. Make sure you follow, like, and subscribe to the SK Twins podcast on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And don't forget to subscribe to the YouTube channel, Triad Endeavor TV, where you can get lots of more content to do with combat sports, live streaming, documentaries, and much, much more. See you later and we will catch you next time for episode number 26. And this is going to be a more regular thing now. Once a week I'll be pumping out an episode, hopefully every Monday, but we'll see how it goes, Monday or Tuesday. But I want to try and keep it to one day. So thank you very much for listening. And this is Kami and this is the SK Twins Podcast. Signing out.